When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers, Harry Douglas, in for Key this morning. And look who happened by. We corralled them and stuck an IFB in his ear and put a microphone in his face. <laughs> Let's have a little fun, boys. What's going on? Jason what Fitz, up, Fitz. Raiders fanatic is how you're uh, billed. Raiders fanatic. Uh, that, that's fair. I do have uh, I do have a Raiders tattoo. I think I'm probably the only person. I mean, my tattoo on my right arm is every everywhere I've ever lived in the moments I'm proudest of, and mm-hmm. one of those is an outline of the Raiders Shield Why with the are you national getting that tattooed all over. The- well, Can't you remember that? Well, yeah, so- but a little diary you can write it in. What do you need it tattooed on you for? Uh, humble brag story. The yes. first time I played Letterman, uh, Letterman Studios were really cold, uh-huh. and so I bought a hoodie because they didn't give us anything to keep us warm. And I, the next day on tour, I walked out. Whatever tour we were on, I don't remember, but I walked out on stage wearing the Letterman hoodie, and all the guys started making fun of me on stage. They're like, "Oh, cool! Like I remember my first Letterman too. You bought the hoodie. You're an idiot." <laughs> yeah. And I looked at it and I was like, "Man, I don't know. You grind your whole life. You work." your tail off for sure. your whole life for what so i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna put it on my arm in a way that's like heck yeah i did this but yeah the raiders are on here because i played the national anthem for them when they were still in oakland so i did the shield with the american flag inside it. so so, so we were so that is a raiders fan that qualifies as a raiders Max, do you have any tattoos no yeah. No tattoos. Yeah, it's it's it. very judgmental. My people, if point. you ever watch Curb yeah. Your Enthusiasm, if I get a tattoo, I have to be buried with the villains. And the, what, what else did he say? The Curb, Curb episode. Remember, his mom was not buried where she was supposed to be because she wound up she had a tattoo. Uh, I don't know the rules. Listen. <laughs> the rule, yeah, you're not supposed to get that. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's not because of that. It's because I don't listen. NFL.com asked, who could take a Steph Curry-type leap with their legacy in the NFL this season? So we were bandying around names, right? But someone called in and said, Derek Carr, if he wins a Super Bowl, what are your thoughts on that, Fitz? Yeah, no, 100%. I would argue, guys, that there's not a quarterback in the NFL this year under more pressure than Derek Carr to me. And that's clear. When you go out and you spend the money that they spent to get Devontae in, you're looking at a top five offense, right? Like, that's what they're banking on this year. And I know that there are questions for the offensive line, but there aren't questions about Hunter Renfro, who just got paid, Darren Waller, who's waiting to get paid, you look at Josh McDaniels coming in and understanding what he's going to run as an offense. I feel like for Carr, who took a very team-friendly contract, with they have a pretty easy out. There's no middle ground. Either the Raiders are a Super Bowl contending team and Derek Carr plays at an MVP level, or they're looking at a different quarterback. And he's in, and he's in one of the most savage divisions you'll ever see, at quarterback especially, but like... You might win the Super Bowl, or you might come in fourth and miss the playoffs, or you might come in fourth and make the playoffs. The AFC West is like that. That's the weirdest thing, y'all, about the AFC this year. Think about what happens when you miss the playoffs. People get fired, right? Like all over the place. Organizations are just ripped apart and new people come in. That's going to happen to good football teams this year because they miss the playoffs, even though there's no context to like – Sorry, y'all, like, this conference is just really stinking stacked. But, uh, are, you, are you saying that if they don't make the playoffs this year in a stacked division, that Derek Carr won't be the quarterback of the future? 100%. 100%. Because this you is your, 
Yeah, I, and let me let me wait, say loudly, I'm a Derek Carr fan. Like I don't the way this dude led last he's year. He's a Raiders fan, Jay. The, he has his finger on the pulse. I understand, but the way this dude led last year through all the drama and the chaos that was surrounding this organization with John Gruden, with Henry Ruggs, I mean, with the multitude of things, like he's been the staple of leadership. Jay, I'm going to have to see your tattoo but of I'm, the Raiders I'm, I'm, in I'm order say to, this to, to that really push quick. against Fitz on this one. The one thing y'all got to keep in mind is that the GM that's there now didn't bring in. Derek Carr, the head coach that's there now, that's not Derek Carr's guy. So whenever you have that turnover, if the quarterback from their perspective isn't playing the way that they feel like he needs to be and can lead them to where they feel yeah, like he can lead But who are you going to replace him with, Harry? Listen, that's, that's – and, and, and He's good. Like, like, okay, if you move on from Derek Carr, I'm willing to accept that, that logic, right? But even if you like the quarterbacks in the draft, you're going to start them year one when you have Derek Carr on the roster? Wouldn't you still start there? Is there someone ready that you're going to say, I'm going to give the reins to the team this year? I, I can't imagine Derek Carr deciding that he's comfortable being around in a mentorship right. role, right? Like, that's not going to and, – and again, if, if I ran the team, there'd be no question mark. I would have locked Carr into a contract that said, hey, for the next four years, it's going to be our guy. There will be no questions. We are going to do this and only this. Like, I, I – I love the quarterback, Derek Carr, but I, there's also so many variables here that are real. Like, if you're, you're in Vegas, right? And the one thing that, that I don't think we've talked enough about for this team is that it's not just about being good. It's about being electric and exciting and having a sales pitch because you're on the strip where casinos are mm. rebuilt every year. So, like, what's your sales pitch to your fans when you're trying to cement a legacy in an expansion town, which is what Las Vegas is? What's your sales pitch or running it back? Like, you look at where they invested money. Max Crosby, easy sales pitch. Hunter Renfro, easy sales pitch. They've rewarded young talent this offseason. I think what that tells you is that they're making a long-term plan, and if they don't get what they need out of Derek Carr this year, then it becomes very easy to turn around and say, hey, not my – I mean, Josh McDaniels can even throw my hands up and say, I thought he was going to be better. I thought. And all of a sudden, you can go out and rebuild. Well, listen to what Chris Canty had to say earlier on this very program about who, in fact, is under the most pressure at quarterback this upcoming season. Fitz? Has any quarterback done less with more? Think about the supporting cast that Dak Prescott has come into every, pretty much every season Especially that he's had. Last year. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, rushing champ, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb. I mean, you name Michael it. Michael Gallup. One of, the, one of the best offensive lines that we've seen in the last two decades in the National Football League. Last year, you had a player on the defensive side of the ball that was in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. He might be the best defensive player coming into 2022. Kirk Cousins. That Michael Parsons. But, but, All I'm simply saying is, for the 40 million that Jerry Jones paid him every single year like 40 million dollars average annual value for a guy that was considered once upon a time to be a top 10 quarterback why don't we have more from Dak Prescott when it matters that the most a hell of only, point. only one playoff win come on bro no, no, I, we, I, we're sitting here waiting on it now you. you don't have you. any excuse as to why you can't get it done so he's taking Dak you're taking uh uh Derek Carr I would throw in Tua Right, whose uh, careers, okay. you know, can I, say quick, quick, uh, wait, wait, can I say something real quick on Dak? I feel like that's such, it's like a little bit low hanging fruit to me mm-hmm. because I, I, I do think there's something to be said about if it doesn't work out this year for Dak, I still think there's built in time with Sean Payton. Yeah, who they're going to fire McCarthy. What did I just say? What did I just they're say? Gonna fire McCarthy. I literally just said that to Chris. If By the way, then the next year, it's, it's Dallas, but it always there's time there. And then the next year, they'll say first year with a head coach. He's got at least two more years, Dak. I, I think to Jay Will's point, the other part of the Dak conversation is what's changed. 
Like for everything that Canny just said, which I think is right, we could have said the same thing last offseason and the offseason before. before and the yeah. off, like nothing's changed. So why is there pressure this year when every other year mediocrity in result has been accepted? I'm not saying that Dak is a mediocre quarterback, but mediocrity and what they expected for wins and losses, they've excused every year. So why suddenly is this the year that Jerry Jones says, you know what? I did invest too much money. I mean, Harry, Jay, Will, you guys know this play. And, like, owners have pride in the money they spent. Like, giving up on Dak would require Jerry Jones to look in the mirror and say, my bad, I gave the wrong contract That's out. not happening. Let me yeah. give you another no one, way. guys. Lamar That's Jackson, what if he doesn't sign? <laughs> the way he plays? Lamar Jackson, who has won, what, one playoff game in his career in spite of his incredible career so far? What about a guy like, and this is not with his job on the line, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow's been to a Super Bowl. You're stacked this year. Uh, guys like me are going, oh, my God, he's the greatest thing I've ever seen since Patrick Mahomes. What if he doesn't make the playoffs, which could easily happen in right. the but, but, I, but I can make the argument for Justin Herbert last year. And this is what I try to, try to tell a lot of people because I got Her- Herbert as you look at quarterbacks 25 and, and under, I have him as my number one. I'm picking him to win MVP this and year, you know. I tell people, they, well, he didn't make the playoffs last year. Let's honestly go back to last year and say, was it Justin Herbert's fault that they didn't make the playoffs they, last they year? No defense, or was man. it – their def- no defense. The lack of defense in their head coach mm. making fourth down Reckless. decisions. Reckless head coach. I, really? like, I like those decisions. Sometimes they don't work. Sometimes they do. But, it cost, him, but, it, co- but it, it cost them a game against the Kansas City Chiefs. And next year it'll win them a game. <laughs> That's how it goes. But, but, but my well, thing is, it's, it's, they needed a game to get in the playoffs this year because I wanted them in the playoffs this year yeah. because I know if they would have made it, they was going to upset somebody. Best quarterback in the league on third down, on fourth down. QBR's right there with Aaron Rodgers. He's six foot six, can run, throw can every, I mean, every come on. throw Lost on the Derek football. Carr in week 18. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me ask you this about Lamar, though. I'll, I'll twist it back to everybody in the room. Right. Lamar Jackson, right now, all he's doing is betting on himself. Mm-hmm. And I'll go to the athletes sitting next to me. If I told you you could go in this season when you were playing, and, hey, maybe everything's on the line, but you are betting on yourself, and the payday, if you're right, is going to be magnificent. Would you do it? I mean, i got to be honest with you. I mean, the, the money right now, even if it was 220 sounds magnificent to me. Yeah. Like, that, that's a, that's would a it, serious Would it count, have like, a, at your age, though? Well, like, at, yeah, at 25, I, you think? I'm just, I'm just saying, like, you know, even if he doesn't get the Sean Watson-type money, if he gets $10, 15000000 million less if you're saying they overpaid for Deshaun Watson because of the market and how they got him, the numbers like are so. Two hundred and twenty million is such a lot of money, and it gets to a certain point where he, I just bet on myself last year. And granted, there's a lot of leverage I have because I've seen everybody has seen what happens to the Ravens when I'm not on the field. Fitz, think of right? it they as it. I, 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 for me personally. I'm signing that check now. And think of it I'm as signing. an insurance policy. I agree. Let's say you can make an extra fifty million by waiting. You're, you're, you're buying a, fi- a $50 million insurance policy on $180 million. If you get $180 million now, you take that to the bank. I but just I think that's what I'm saying. And, if, and if you invest it the right way, that $50 million at some point. Yeah, right. But I, I think we're life, missing a little bit of a— No, $50 a, is a lot of money. Like, there's a generational gap in mindset sometimes. Because, it, like, what I think right now young people understand at a better level than ever before in American history is the concept of know your worth. And at some point you look around and say, I know my worth— and I believe, and there's, there's a God complex that comes for so many of us when we're young too, right? And so you combine those two things. I always said when I was in music, it didn't matter. Like, you, you hand me a fiddle, I'm going to eat. I'm going to be just fine. Right. And I say now all the time, like, you put me in front of a microphone, this is my job. I got to believe that I can eat. So I'll bet on myself. You combine that with being an athlete that's, uh, you know, 25, 26 years old, that's looking at all this money. I'm, 
I think the mindset is know your worth, and we're looking at it saying, oh, my God, we have more life experience, right? You're looking at it saying, take the money, but I don't know. I think if we rewound time at 25, I'd have said, let's go. Like, it is interesting that – it is interesting. Like, what does Lamar want? Is it simply a matter of the biggest contract? Deshaun set the market, 230. We know what that would be. Or – you know, I just well, but, but, but that's that's, that's another reason why, like, does he want to be there? Him not having an agent and having his his uh his family be his representative, you don't have those leaks and talks. You don't you, so we don't know. Those are the unknowns that yeah. we don't know. But it, we do know some Some no, sorry. Sometimes I feel like it's okay not to know what you want, Max, and maybe that's why he's being idle. He's watching how things unfold to a degree. If you know that, hey, if you do have more confidence, if Jay talks about you know the God complex to a degree, which look, I I got it. I had it when I was twenty one years old. It led to a, a bad event in my life, but I've grown from it. But like, there's certain times that you do better in yourself as you're watching things to unfold to see. Is this where I want to be long term? Are they going to do the right thing for me? Or like, you know, do I want to be somewhere else? That's fair to a degree. I think also we all have a lot of advice for Lamar Jackson. But meantime, the market just went up $50 million while we were saying, hey, hey, kid, you better sign. He's just made minimum an extra $50 million by waiting. So maybe we shouldn't be giving him advice. We should also <laughs> acknowledge that Cleveland changed the game with two words, fully guaranteed. Well, that's right? why like, Steve Bashotti came out and said what he said at the owners' meeting because he knew once the Haslam did – once they did that, yes, it was right. going to be a game changer. I mean, and especially for them because they knew Lamar was coming up. We, we keep asking when's Baker Mayfield going to be traded. I think the real question on that is when is another team going to decide they want to help the team that just changed the way quarterback contracts are written? Mm. And the answer to that is never. No, you're going to have to cut them. If you're going to have yeah, to eat it. Right. Yep. If I'm sitting in any other team, I'm like, you made your bed. Good luck with that. And, I, you know, that's got to be part of this contract conversation because if you're Lamar, whatever you want, you want fully guaranteed for the life. Well, you know, I, if, I, if I'm the and to be honest, because I, I say sign the contract, but the flip side of it, I'm if I'm Lamar, if I seen Deshaun Watson get two hundred and thirty million dollars guaranteed, and I know that I have no off the field issues, and I've done everything for this organization, one and an MVP yeah. on, on my back, I'm not taking a damn penny less. And it's crazy because it sounds like I'm contradicting what I actually said before because I I want him to sign it, but but that's because I think about a Teddy Bridgewater who goes back and practice and tears up his knee who's very close to Lamar Jackson. Those are the type of things that are in the back of my mind. I look at his play style. That's why I say sign it. But if I'm Lamar, I'm not taking anything less than what Deshaun Watson got. Maybe he's not in a rush too, guys, because he's younger than Joe Burrow. Like, you don't think of how Lamar's had such a phenomenal career. He's younger than Joe Burrow. That's crazy That's a crazy Right, so maybe he's like, man, I got time. I'm good. I love me ride this out and see where That's it goes. The crazy part. What's an MVP worth too? Because like it, my first thought is like, okay, if you're talking 230 million for Deshaun, whatever, is an MVP worth 10? percent Because now you're talking about 250 million. All right, mm. like and and I'm looking around saying an MVP's got in, in the NFL MVP is you know there aren't a lot of quarterbacks that can put that next to their name. Is it worth ten percent? Is it worth twenty percent? Like there's a dollar amount that he it's also. Worth, and it's do y'all remember Josh Allen's contract? What did Josh Allen get? Yeah, what do you got? Like one. Well, it was before the money went crazy. Yeah, right? one fifty. Yeah, something like that. One forty. But think Josh, about. <laughs> Josh, he's like, I'm, I'm underpaid. Hey, think about million. think about the the trajectory <laughs> of Lamar's career too. Not only a month younger than Burrow. First, he won an MVP, but he was terrible in that first half in his first playoff game. He's like the worst you've ever seen. Already in the second half of that game, he got better. Then the next year, he did much better, but still they lost, and he it wasn't his best game. 
Then the following year, he won in the playoffs, and he <laughs> beat Mahomes in the regular season. And, like, every year he starts checking those things because you got to beat the Chiefs and you got to win in the playoffs, right, if you're in the AFC. Check, check, check. He's checking all those boxes. Not only did he win in that next year in the playoffs, though, he won against a team that beat him as the number one seed when they were the number one seed so in Baltimore. Is it que- so wait, here's wait, the question. Wait, Max, hold on one second. I, I just have to, I have to throw this in there. So when did Josh Allen do his deal? Was it last year? No, it was I mean, two, it years two years ago. Two years two ago, year before last, I believe. So two years ago. Hundred. Okay. You can tell right. me one hundred twenty million. Was it no, one <laughs> hundred million fully guaranteed. Yeah. Right. Wow. Wait. Lamar, <laughs> wait till the last will, second. Wow. Will eventually the Ravens look and go? Damn, we could have had Lamar for two thirty. We blew it. Keyshawn J. Will and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. Tune in to the ESPN Daily Podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily, available wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Adrian Wojnarowski with us now. I don't know. Woj, let me ask you. Was that a Woj bomb of a piece yesterday? Did that count as a Woj bomb? It was certainly illuminating. Was it a bomb in your opinion? Yeah, it was certainly. Listen, it's a piece up on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, yeah, I hope everybody can check it out. Yeah, ESPN Plus, by the way, is uh, I'm not. I, yes, I work for the company. It's shilling and all that. If I didn't, that's the best value for your entertainment buck there is. So let's get into that story, Woj, about the Nets offseason problem when it comes to Kyrie and KD. Where does everything stand right now with the Nets, with Kyrie Irving, with Kevin Durant? Well, I think the Nets and Kyrie Irving are going to have to start talking again. Uh, to see if there's a way that they can uh, you know, find some common ground on a, a new deal, uh, either off of his uh, uh, opt-in of $36 million, or he can opt out. And then after June 30th, they can do uh, negotiate a longer deal. Listen, right now, of course, Kyrie Irving wants a long-term max contract. And the Nets, uh, listen, they're trying to – be disciplined in how they do an extension with Kyrie Irving. They want to do a shorter deal. Uh, I, I think in all likelihood, they would like to have some protections in there for things such as potentially games played. And, and listen, he hasn't been available to them as much as they would like him to be the last couple of years. And that's certainly where um, the separation is between Kyrie Irving and the Nets. But the second rail of this is Kevin Durant and if Kyrie Irving were to take a, be willing to take a significant pay cut, $30 million, $35 million, if he uh, potentially next season uh, of a pay cut to go, let's say hypothetically take a $6 million exception, which would what would be available with the Lakers, or um, you know, take a, uh, a mid-level exception with the Knicks, which is significantly less than his opt-in with Brooklyn, well, he can do that. Uh, historically, you know, re, you know, I think historically, certainly, uh, you don't see that happen. Uh, that would be, I think it's unlikely to happen. But if he walks, where does that leave the Nets with Kevin Durant? And w- would he ask for a trade? Would he want out? They obviously are aware of that possibility, and they're sensitive to it. Durant has got four years on a new deal that he signed Last year, he signed through 2026, certainly. Um, but, listen, he obviously, at 34 years old, wants to be playing for a championship contender. And 
Uh, clearly, at some level, you know, Brooklyn is willing to take a chance that Kyrie Irving might leave because right now they're being uh, uh, re- they're showing restraint in how they would do a deal with them. But again, it's a negotiation, and I think there's still a pathway for these guys to figure it out for Kyrie Irving to be back in Brooklyn. But there's a lot at stake, and certainly Kevin Durant. Uh, his commitment to Kyrie Irving, their relationship, you know, that's still paramount uh, in this dynamic. Woj, if Kyrie were to leave and if Katie were pinned in the corner and wanted to leave elsewhere, what are considerable options for Kevin Durant? Obviously the entire NBA, but what, what do you think are, what's the probability of places he decides to go? I mean, yeah, he wouldn't get to decide anything, really. He'd have four years on his deal, right? So, you talk to teams out there, the Nets would have the leverage in that because anywhere you trade him, he's got to play. And so whether it's a market, the, the Nets, there wouldn't really be a motivation or a leverage to be able to send you where you want to go. Now, if the player had one year on his deal or two years on his deal and could say to, you know, of course, say to a team that would trade for him, you can trade for me, but I'm going to leave in free agency. Don't give up too many assets for me. But when you got four years on your deal, they know you have to come play. And so teams are going to give significant assets to do a deal. And so if you're Brooklyn, you're going to do the best deal. That may not be where you want to play if you're Kevin Durant. And that's the, you know, for players who have multiple years on their deal, and it's not limited to just KD, um, you don't have leverage. Team's going to send you where they want to send you uh, because you're going to have to play in that place. So, listen, I don't think that's a preferred scenario for Kevin Durant. I think he wants to be in Brooklyn. He committed to be here. He he signed the first deal. He's now signed the extension. So much of his life, his business uh, is built here. And he's wanted to, and I think he wants to, build a championship team in Brooklyn. But listen, we also know in the NBA, despite the contracts, star players can, are going to dictate if they don't want to be somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to keep them there. Uh, it's hard to be able to function as an organization. If your best player wants out, you'll have to address it and deal with it. But I mean, let's be honest with it. With four years on your contract, you're not going to have a lot of say in where you go. Woj, from the Brooklyn Nets' perspective and their standpoint, what leverage do they have in this whole ordeal? Well, it's a fine line. And the leverage, you could look at it from one perspective. KD's got four years on his deal. Is Kyrie really going to walk away from that much money? Now, he might. Listen, Nobody would have imagined last year he'd be willing to lose around $17 million in salary because he didn't want to get vaccinated, but he did. And whatever other potential money he's losing um, with, with a shoe deal. And so he has made stands in, in his mind that he wanted to make that cost him financially. So to say unequivocally, there's no way he's going to walk away. There's no way he's going to leave $36 million on the table in Brooklyn. Well, he left a lot of money last year. And so I think you can't rule it out. I think the Nets are prepared for the possibility that he may just do that. But I don't think it's his preference. I don't think it's Brooklyn's preference or KD's. And that's why I still think, you know, there's a pathway to figure this out, um, find a deal that both sides can live with. Uh, But the kind of long-term commitment long-term security that Kyrie Irving wanted in Brooklyn, 
Right now, it's not there for him. Now, again, that's what negotiations are for. Um, that can change in the course of a week or 10 days or however long this extends. Um, but I think, you're try- I think you see the Nets here trying to take you know, something of a disciplined approach at this. And, and, of course, there's risk here, and there's risk of how it impacts KD and, and how he views his future in Brooklyn if Kyrie Irving were to leave. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Jessica Mendoza with us now on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Harry Douglas in for Key today. Jessica was the first woman to serve as a World Series game analyst on national radio, the first woman to serve as an analyst for nationally televised Major League Baseball games. Jessica, and I feel comfortable talking to you about this because it's not like the only time you and I talk is when there's some, you know, Title IX type thing. We have you want to talk about baseball whenever we talk baseball. So today is the 50th anniversary of Title IX. What does it mean to you as someone who has achieved so much in sports? I mean, it means everything, to be honest. And obviously, you know, I think what, what people lose in this is they, they think of it as sports, 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 but the basis of it is education. And honestly, for me, like the fact that I had a scholarship to Stanford because of this amendment and having equal opportunity to have an opportunity of from coming from a family that never would have been able to afford an education like that. Um, and yes, it was sports that brought me to that, but it was Title IX ultimately that allowed me to get the education that changed the course of my life. So, I mean, when I look back and, you know, I think about a nine-year-old little girl, you know, even myself at that age, um, and having those opportunities because of what they're going to lead to um, is is absolutely life-changing. And that, that to me is what Title IX has been for so many girls and women the last few years. Jessica, you made mention of your age being nine when you first heard about Title IX. I'm curious, who were some of the women that you heard about that actually paved the way for people like you to do what you're doing now? Oh, I mean, totally Billy Big King by far. I mean, that that was, I remember writing a paper on her in high school, and I had heard about Title IX, and, like, I, I mean, I think I thought it was, like, what our, like, league, like, it was, like, something local. Like, I had no idea the gravity you know, when you're young, you don't, you know, your own little space, you don't understand. And it wasn't until I remember researching her 
and in the 1970s, really getting an understanding of what wasn't happening, what, you know, you, you take for granted. And in some ways, I mean, what's crazy, Jay Will, is that there's so many girls now that don't even know what Title IX is mm. because in their communities, they are getting that equality. They're getting those opportunities. So in some ways, it's like, okay, this is great. But then we need to know our history so we can move forward and continue to make that change. So for me, it was Billie Jean King understanding what she did in the time when she was by far a minority, standing up, making, I mean, shoot, she didn't even get to play tennis for so long because she stood up for equality and what she believed in um, to do what was right and to make sure women were getting paid and then ultimately paving the way for Title IX. Well, Jessica, I am a huge fan of yours. I don't know if Chris Button lets you know that yet or not, but I'm going to tell you myself. You, I'm a huge fan of yours, your work, and everything that you do. But I have to ask you about being the first woman to serve as a World Series game analyst on national radio. What did that moment mean for you? Uh, you know, I just, you know, for me, it's 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 about where we're just doing it, right? <laughs> like where it's like. Hey, people just, you know, being being good at their jobs and and being able to be on, you know, World Series games, to be able to shoot, just call a basketball game, to, you know, be a part of everything that men are and not have it be, hey, you're a woman and, you know, you're doing it. People are pointing out your gender. I, I get excited where we're getting, especially these last five years, where it's happening so much more often it's actually not getting talked about as much, but most importantly, when that visibility happens is I've had more young girls and honestly like dads coming up to me saying, dude, I was watching a game the other day with my daughter and like, she'll never watch games with me. And all of a sudden she heard your voice and she was locked in like, thank you. And that's what it's about, right? Is, is these young girls that won't know any different because by the time they're my age, it's just going to be an everyday thing. <laughs> it's just going to be what we do. Yeah, that's right. By the way, it's going to be very exciting to hear you call Aaron Judge's World Series winning home run this year, Jessica. I can't wait for that. That's really what I'm. That's, that's really what I'm looking forward to. I knew the Yankees were going to sneak in here. Oh, you, you know, I'm not going to talk to you without bringing up my Yankees. This is see, see Jessica Mendoza on this program is not like uh, Title Nine. Now we will speak to token female. Jessica Mendoza is a, one of our baseball go tos on all the shows that I do. That's right. Well, this one. Yeah, this, except this, you don't got. Yep. Your boy Keyshawn in there to counteract with the Dodger stuff. So Thank no, God. that's right. Well, that's really because, today, that, because you it's will counteract day. with it. But I find what you just said very interesting. You know, I talked to um, it was Chadwick uh, Bozeman when he was playing. Uh, you know, clearly, obviously, when he was you know before his tragic uh, death. And I talked to him about Black Panther and about the fact that there are a generation of kids growing up not knowing that that's a big deal that there's a black superhero, yeah. right? And how awesome it is that the world changes in that way. Like, my kids grew up in a world where there was a black president. They never knew anything different. They never knew pre-Obama. It's amazing to me. It's hard to even explain to them how big that is. And, Jessica, you talking about the fact that people come up to you and it's not even about that. It's just that they love your call is awesome. Um, so, so now we're up against it, huh, Jay? We have to say yes. goodbye to Jessica? Yes. Well, listen. Sorry, Jessica. Listen. Yeah. Jessica and I will be talking question, plenty of baseball. Max, you know, Jay, really? Really? Uh, it's not it's me. It's coming from you? No, yeah. no, 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 Yeah, it is him. It's him. It's not me. Max kept talking the whole time, Jessica, about the Yankees. Jay, I'm trying to talk to my friend Jessica Mendoza, and you're horning in on the time here. Just calm down. Jess, thank you as always. Absolutely. Thanks for the love, too, Title IX. It's an awesome, awesome birthday for this great piece of legislation. Absolutely. So. 
So now I love when we go from like You're big so social slick. issues. You're so slick. I love when we go from big social issues like Title Nine and everything it's meant, or you know something about Jackie Robinson or something, and then we go your turn to weigh in on which quarterback has the most no, listen, pressure coming up. It's it's it's, it's one of the most weird uh, yeah. moments that like times to be in, like because you're like, okay, how do I transition this? Yeah. When we're talking about something so there's serious, there's no transition. <laughs> like, there's no transition. Just here it is. Quarterback with the most pressure. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. So, uh, it's draft day. Ooh, and uh, June 23rd, special day. We're going to see, uh, apparently, Jabari Smith's going to uh, Orlando. Orlando, and then Chet Holmgren to OKC, and then Paolo Boncaro, your dude from Duke, Jay. Houston, him Houston. and Jalen Green together. That's going to be scary. It's a lot. But you guys also, I'm still, my, I still have not been drafted. I, I was, my number was not called on draft day, but you both were drafted. Air Max! <laughs> Jay, Jay, you were drafted second overall, and most years you'd have gone first. But, you know, there was the seven foot six center. Chinese man. Yeah, who not only represented a, a, a potentially championship player, but and very easy to project, but also an enormous piece of business with a huge market on top of all that. And you're a six foot two point guard. Good luck. But you went second overall in that draft. What was that like? So, HD, I'm curious how you felt too. Like, regardless of whatever time you get drafted, it's something that for me, my whole life, I heard people talk about. I saw players I played against that were better than me that got drafted. I saw players that were better than me pan, not pan out. I saw so many guys throughout the course of my time playing basketball. Like think about the thousands and thousands or maybe millions of people I played against never got drafted. They were giving people buckets. So for me, it was almost like surreal just hearing my name called. It didn't feel real to me until I got to Chicago. Right. And like, I'm like, oh, like this is the locker room. Like it, it felt real to me then, but it kind of felt like in a dreamlike state. Did it feel, did it feel like that way for you, HD? It, it, it did. And for me, it was about like legacy because I do have a younger brother who got drafted in the first round to the Knicks. So being able to be his big brother and trying to provide that avenue um, as something he's able to look up to. Right. So I was always cautious of everything that I did. But my draft party, guess where I had it at? Where? Hooters, man. The same place my son, my two-year-old son, just took me in Myrtle Beach for Father's Day. Hooters. Harry, you went in the third round. Third round. So there's a big difference in terms of your quality of life in that rookie contract. So as you see, you were expecting to go when? Second. Like we had no receivers go in the first round. Everybody went second and third, basically. So so as that's happening, you're thinking about – well, the size of my house just got a little smaller. Yeah. The car. What, what are you thinking? Even went to our second round draft pick, Curtis Loft. I'll never forget it. Like, and I had my own house, and I, I went to Curtis's house. I was like, well, damn, okay. 
This isn't third round this money. Is, this is second round money. <laughs> this is a big difference. It makes like the, oh, the, yes. the, 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 your whole quality of your life, at least to start, oh, of course, is your your it changes. Yeah. Yes, how you can provide for your family, generations of your family. Yeah. Potentially. See, so much more in basketball. Like they give you, like you get guys get loans way before than basketball. Yeah. So guys start living a different life before they even get drafted. Still got to pay back those loans. See, I didn't take those. I gave my brother his, and he didn't have to pay me back for it. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. You know, uh, they're calling me the bounty man this morning because of the, the jacket I have on. Lumberjay. <laughs> Lumberjay. Lumberjay instead of lumberjack. That's lumberjay. fine. When did they decide to put the puffy stuff on the front of that shirt? That's what I want. <laughs> what is that? Gore-Tex? James, you should not be talking about fashion, James. What do you mean? I look good. What are you wearing right now? What are you wearing right now? Hey, yo! Harry Douglas in for key this morning. Harry Douglas got cute-ass feet. Bro. We're on man. national TV, you man. You seven, can't be doing this. You wear a size 7 shoes. No, I don't. St- I wear 9 and a half. You ask somebody when they're young, how old are you? And they're like, oh, I'm, I'm 20 and a half. <laughs> I'm still trying to get the half joint. <laughs> I'm 9 and 3 quarters. I'm 9 and 3 quarters. <laughs> Let's go ahead and round that up oh, in 10, man. Harry. Y'all came call out me the Lumberjay. I'm calling you Little Feet Harry. Let's go. <laughs> How come you didn't round it up to 10? Well, because nine I and wear, a half is I, a size. I wear a nine and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine he says 10 and then we find out it's a nine and a half? It's oh, even worse. Harry just hasn't been in the locker room a lot lately because you know you say nine and a half in the locker room and you don't get it. <laughs> Chris Canty. Listen, we are going to take calls this segment because Jay, as usual, monopolized the mic. We didn't have a lot of time to take calls today. Everyone tried. Harry and me just waiting to get a word in edgewise. I think you're talking about Trying yourself. to get to some calls. And, of course, Jay going on and on and on. Now, listen. <laughs> Chris Canty came in and said the following. Listen to what he said about which quarterback has the most pressure on him. Has any quarterback done less with more? Think about the supporting cast Very good that Dak Prescott has come into ev- pretty much every season Especially that he's had. Last year. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, rushing Especially champ, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb. I mean, you name Michael it. Michael Gallup. One of, the, one of the best offensive lines that we've seen in the last two decades in the National Football League. Last year, you had a player on the defensive side of the ball that was in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. He might be the best defensive player coming into 2022. Kirk Cousins. That Michael Parsons. But, but, All I'm simply saying is, for the 40 40- million that Jerry Jones paid him every single year like 40 million dollars average annual value for a guy that was considered once upon a time to be a top 10 quarterback why don't we have more from Dak Prescott when it matters that the most? It's a hell of only, point. only one playoff win? Come on, bro. No, no, I, I, we, we sitting here waiting on it now. You. you don't have you. any excuse as to why you can't get it done. Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas in for Key today. Jay, do you have things to add, or can we get to the calls finally? I think we should get to the calls, because I don't want to dominate the mic and continue Eight, to talk. 888-729-3776. Motormouth. 888-SAY-ESPN. Motor with a lot of substance, so Max. Dan, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Dan in Texas. You're on Key, with Keyshawn J. Will and uh, Max. Harry the, Douglas in for Were you about to say and Harry? And Harry, I don't yourself know. again? Yeah, it's not me somehow. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, I guess Dan here. Will in San Antonio. Go. Good morning, guys. How are y'all? Good, Good morning, Will. Uh, one addition to the conversation, Russell Wilson. I think he's got pressure, but also a chance to make the Steph leap this year. He won a title already, but most of that's given to Legion of Boom and Marshawn Lynch. And now the Broncos are officially his team. Interested to hear your thoughts. Well, that's that's an interesting point because we've heard Richard, Richard Sherman go on the record saying, well, our defense was like that. It wasn't mm-hmm. Russell Wilson. And 
were they feeling some type of way because of the money that Russell Wilson now had to get? It kind of broke up the Legion of Boom, and those guys went there all separate, went all their separate ways. But I do agree, Russell Wilson is in that category as well because he's with a new team. He's not in Seattle, but he's with a new team where everyone said they're a quarterback away. How do we forget Russell? Like in certain ways, it's the best comparison because. Russell Wilson's loved, especially by kids, right? Because he's kind of like more regular-sized human than a lot of the Giants, right? He won a Super Bowl, but, oh, that really wasn't because of him. No, Steph got more credit. I get it because it was more because of Steph. But but still, let's see him do it where he's the reason they win the Mm -hmm. Super Bowl. So I think it's a very good comparison with Steph in terms of legacy enhancing. I don't think there's the same kind of pressure, though, because he signed up long-term. It's a savage division. You might win 10 games, not make the playoffs. And, yeah. and as long as he wins in the next couple of years, it doesn't have to be this year. But there may not be as much pressure, but the opportunity to elevate his legacy is different. And think about it, too, from you know, a, a quarterback perspective, when you get Nathaniel Hackett, his background, where he comes from, like implementing that style of play calling into the matter, like that should be the right system now that could be kind of conformed to the way Russell wants it to be. So being able to do, to do the Bill Walsh diversity internship with the Atlanta Falcons, we know that offense, right, has some Shanahan ties to it. Yep. So being on the inside and being in those meetings and being able to see that offense and thinking about Nathaniel Hackett who came from Green Bay and we know Matt LaFleur came from the Shanahan tree as well, with those receivers that they have and Russell Wilson at quarterback, I don't see why they can't have success. The only thing is on paper – they're good. You have to go out there and do it physically, though, now. And you're in a division with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and yeah, it's, Justin it's, Herbert it's and no the Chargers cable. and Derek Carr and the yeah. Raiders. Jose in the Bronx, you're on with Keyshawn J. Willemax, HD, in for Key today. What's good, fellas? How y'all doing today? What's up, Jose? Doing, well. doing good, baby. So, definitely the answer, I think, is Derek. Dak isn't even going to the playoffs. Dallas aren't even going to the playoffs, man. They're not better than Minnesota. They're not better than the Saints. They're not better than the Niners. They're definitely not better than any other guys that are supposed to be winning their division. Only Philly getting out of the NFC East. And it's their fault. They want this man to run the ball. They paid Zeke, who's going to give them two two yards of carry. They're going to be two-dimensional like they always are. They're going to be an eight and eight and nine, nine and eighteen. Jose Carr the has great numbers. He's, he's, they got, he got great numbers. Over 30,000 yards, has never really had a receiver, and they just gave him probably the best receiver in the game, plus Waller, plus Renfro. So, yeah, the, the expectations are high, but this man's been good for a minute. That, that going to be Romo. He's going to be out there on CBS somewhere talking about how great he was, and that team never did what they were supposed to do. So, that great quarterback, but his team never helps him out. He's in – all the parity is in the NFC. The AFC got the super teams, but you got a bunch of teams in the NFC that's going to be fighting. Jose, that's a good and call. That- that's a good call, but it's like the old Chappelle show. Wrap it up, B. All right, listen. <laughs> took a minute to get out of that point, but it was a very good point. Listen, uh, what about that, Harry, what you just heard about Dak Prescott and uh, – and, uh, the Cowboys not making yeah. the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm up here looking at the teams. You have the Bucs, right. the Saints. I actually thought – I think the Saints are going to make the playoffs. They're going to be a lot better than – People think, and I think Jameis Winston is going to throw for 4,000-plus yards this year. It's not mm. like he hasn't thrown for 5,000 in the past. No, I know, but, but I said it the other day, and a lot of people thought I was crazy for saying it. But when you look at that arsenal, what he has, you look at the Eagles, I think they're going to make it. The Rams, the 49ers, the Packers, that leaves one more slot open. 
I don't. You're going to tell me the Dallas Cowboys are not going to take that last slot? They better take it. I mean, like, it's not, so I, I don't agree with it. that. I think when I look at the NFC, let's see. You're talking about all the division winners, and now you got three open slots. So in the North, maybe the Vikings. In maybe. the South, maybe the Saints. In the East, maybe the Cowboys, if the Eagles the win Eagles it, if the Cowboys win. aren't X. division winners. And in the West, San Fran. Yeah, you, 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 you got to count them in, though. I don't know. I think the Cowboys, I think it's going to be tough. Although they do win a lot of regular season games. Y'all got love games. for Trey Lance like that? Maybe. Well, that's the big question. I got All right, love Green, Green coming up. Perf. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.